Let's join the worship center at Life Church, where the service is already in progress. So God doesn't want us to be whiners. He doesn't want our modus operandus to be murmuring and grumbling and complaining. He wants us to be a warrior, strong in battle, mighty, standing fast in our faith, standing in our place, and knowing that we will be a winner if we can stay a warrior long enough. It's going to take us moving from whining to an attitude of warrioring to see the winning. Look, I got it all figured out and it sounded just like my dad because it all started with W. But we're the, this week we're going to talk about the winner, the whiner mindset. The mindset of a whiner and how it was dealt with in the Bible. Because there are specific verses that deal with us murmuring and complaining. You know, it's so easy to complain. I'm going to take my halo off and tell you I find myself doing it from time to time. And if you take your halo off too, I bet you do it too. But God has said in his word, that's not the way we're supposed to operate. God doesn't want us murmuring and complaining and bickering and fighting over every little thing. He wants us to be a winner. He wants us to be a warrior. He doesn't want us to be a whiner. So a whiner is a person that utters a low, nasally, complaining cry or sound to snivel or complain in a peevish, self-pitying way. Have you ever known someone who couldn't do anything but whine? You talk to them and everything is bad. You talk to them, it's all horrible. There's nothing good. It's like Jesus said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Well, not when you talk to a whiner. Because they always have something negative to say. Well, the sun is out this morning. Oh, yeah, it's hot out here. I'm looking at this sun. The sun's hot. Well, it's cloudy, but there's not enough sun. I can't see my paper and what I'm doing. Everything is constantly, it's so horrible. Like my mom used to tell me when I used to complain, she'd sing me the worm song. Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I'm just going to eat worms. And many times in life, that's how we get. When things happen that don't go our way, when situations happen that put us in a bad frame of mind, our first reaction is, this is horrible. Let's look at the definition of whining and disputing in the Greek. Here we go with this Greek again. Dialogismos. Dialogismos, or simos, or I can't talk for anything this morning. We're just going to go with this mic. It means a discussion, an internal consideration by implication and purpose, or an external debate or disputing or doubtful imagination or reasoning and thought. Now, when I looked at this definition, I had to stop and check myself. Because have you ever been doing something and you just start having this dialogue in, in your head of why it's not going to work? I don't even know why I'm doing this. This is not going to work. I don't even know why I'm trying this. I don't even know why I'm paying my tithes and giving it doesn't work. I don't, know, I don't know why I'm being nice to this person when they, I'm nice to them all the live long day. And they're never changing. They're never going to change. And we have this internal dialogue in our head going on and on and on about why something is bad or why something isn't going to work, an internal discussion 
constantly. So we're not just talking about an outward complaint and whining, but we're also talking about inwardly, because sometimes it can be easier to hold your tongue but not hold your brain. We can hold our tongue and refuse to speak out the words, but our brain is working overtime. This is a mess. This is never going to be fixed. This is horrible. This is awful. Or an external debate or dispute, an imagination or reasoning a thought. Let's look at what the Bible has to say about whining. So remember, our goal in this series is to move from a whiner to a warrior which creates winning. So, Philippians 2, 12 through 15. Therefore, my dear ones, as you have always obeyed my suggestion, so now not only with the enthusiasm you would show in my presence, but much more when I'm absent, work out and cultivate and carry out the goal of your own salvation with reverence and awe and fear and trembling, not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually working in you and energizing you and creating in you the power and desire both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. Do all things without grumbling and fault-finding and complaining against God and questioning and doubting among yourself, that you may show yourselves to be blameless and guiltless, innocent and uncontaminated. Children of God, without blemish or faultless unrebuke, in the midst of a crooked, wicked generation, among whom you are seen as bright lights in a dark world. So when we approach every situation in life, we are to do all things without grumbling and fault-finding and complaining against God and questioning God and doubting. Whew. It's more than just a little bit of whining. This goes beyond that saying, don't be questioning God all the time. Do what He says to do when He says to do it. And when we read something in the Bible, how many times have you read something and said, now God, you didn't really mean that. You didn't really mean love your enemies. You know, just just like them a little and be nice to them when you see them and then talk all about them when you turn around and when they're gone. God wants us to do all things without grumbling and fault-finding and complaining. Living to make God look good. Doing the right thing because it's right and he said it. And not going, I don't know why we got to do this. Ephesians 4, 29 through 32. Let no foul or polluting language or evil word or unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth. But only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others, as fitting to the need and the occasion, that it may be a blessing and give grace God's favor to those who hear it. And don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Don't sadden Him by who you were sealed. For the day of redemption, um, or final deliverance through Christ from all evil, the consequences of sin, let all bitterness and indignation and wrath and bad temper and rage and passion and resentment and anger and animosity and quarreling and brawling and clamor and contention and slander 
evil speaking, abusive, blasphemous language be banished from you with all malice and become useful and helpful and kind to one another, tender-hearted, loving-hearted, forgiving one another readily and freely as God in Christ forgave you. There's a lot in that verse. God doesn't want us to respond in anger. When somebody says something to us, it doesn't matter how bad our day is. Our first reaction should not be snapping. Our first reaction should be the love of Christ. Because when we come to God, and we're not doing things the, the way that, you know, and we, we, God doesn't snap at us. Now, sometimes he does get indignation, and we will see that in the scriptures to come. And there are consequences for our behavior, and we will see that in the scriptures to come. But anger should not be the way that we respond to people, even if we're having a bad day. Complaining should not be our mode of response, even when we're having a bad day. God has called us up higher in our thinking and in our living. And we will never move to a warrior. We will never be able to stand fast in our faith and to have faith in God and to stand by His Word and do His Word if we're constantly negative self-talking and constantly negative talking to others. Our negative mindset will begin to produce negative actions that will begin to produce negative results in our life. God has not called us to that type of lifestyle. He's called us to win. He's called us to war and to do His will. And the only way that we will get to the winning is if we stop the whining. You can't get to the winning until you stop the whining. We will only go as far as our mood and our attitude take us. Bad mood, bad attitude, bad results. Good mood, good attitude, good results. Why? Proverbs says that death and life are in the power of our tongue and we will eat the fruit thereof. If we constantly have a negative, whining self-talk, in our head and out in public and in those and out in, in just the known space of the universe, then we will not move forward with God because we can't move forward constantly dragging ourselves backwards. It won't happen. God has called us to lay aside all of that mess and to renew our mind with the Spirit of God and the Word of God. We need to renew our mind. And if you have problems like I do sometimes with having complaining or, or being negative about some things, then ask God to give you Scripture to renew your mind, to show you how to have the joy of the Lord because that's where our strength comes from. Nehemiah 8.10 The joy of the Lord is our strength. And we can't have joy if we're constantly drawn up like a prune, just, this is awful. That's not joyful at all. You walk up to somebody and say, oh, I love Jesus, but these people are just a mess. God, why'd you have to make them? Just smite them with something and get rid of them. We will never move forward with that type of attitude. 
We will never draw others to Christ as we've been commanded to with that type of attitude. But I, because I don't know about you, but when I, and when I get around that type of environment, it makes me want to run for the hills. Because it gets in you too. If you hear somebody complaining and droning on and on and on and on about how horrible everything is, by the end of the day, you're like, maybe it is horrible. We will not win. We will not be able to stand in battle with that type of mindset. When they're building the military and they're training our men and women to fight, they take them through boot camp. And during boot camp, at the beginning of it, yeah, they break them down to a little puddle of goo. (laughs) You know, they put them through horrendous things to break them down to where they can build them up and make them into the warrior that they need them to be. And if you're negative and if you're complaining all the time, you're going to be spending a lot of time in PT. You are going to be getting your your squad in extra, extra push-ups, extra sit-ups. And eventually, if you won't be quiet about it, they'll just move you on out. Why? Because they're trying to create warriors. They're trying to create a force that will win. And negative Attitudes are like an infectious disease that will spread and grow and take root. The things that I want to grow in my front yard, I struggle with. We all know this. I've talked about this many times from the podium. My thumbs are not green. But I try. And the plants are sorry sometimes for it. But there are these little vine things in the front. Y'all may think we plant them because we're pretty. We didn't plant them. They just show up every summer, and they take over everything. Right now, they are taking over the rose bush, and they're taking over the mint. And i got to get out there and dig them up. Oh, Lord, help us. The things that I want to grow aren't growing as well except my little lemon tree. That thing is sprouting. It don't have any lemons, but it's got leaves. But the things I don't want to grow, these vines and weeds are taken off like gangbusters just going through and taking over everything. And that's just like it is in our own life. If we don't keep those negative vines and weeds at bay, and if we don't pluck them when they first show up and take root, then before long we will have a mess of vines that's entangling, taking over, running over all the good things that we're trying to do. I love my little rose bush. I love my mint plant. But right now, and I love my grow bed that we haven't gotten dirt in yet. But it's there. But the vines, because they weren't plucked out when they first arrived, are taking over and growing up on them and taking the nutrients away from the plants that we want to grow. And it's just like that in our life. We're trying to cultivate godliness. We're trying to cultivate good things. We're trying to live to make God look good and line up our life with Him. But if we don't pluck out those negative little vines when they arrive, they will grow and they will take over. And before you know it, you can't see anything good for the negative vines and weeds that have taken over and run over your front porch. 
You got to guard your front porch. What does the Bible say? Guard your heart. You got to guard your front porch. If we don't pluck out that negative vine when it first arrives, that murmuring and complaining when it first arrives, then it will take over and choke out everything good that God is trying to do in and through us. James 5, 8 through 9. See, you must also, so you must also be patient. Establish your heart, strengthen and confirm them in final certainty. For the coming of the Lord is very near. Do not complain, brethren, against one another, so that you yourselves may not be judged. Look, the judge is already standing at the very door. So we're supposed to be patient. Yeah, that's not fun. But it's what the Bible says to be. And I'd rather do the hard work to be what the Bible says to be than to go my own way without God. Establish your heart. Plant it deep in the Word. Have final certainty of the Word of God. For the coming of the Lord is very near. Don't complain. Don't argue with one another. First Peter 4, 9. Practice hospitality to one another. Be hospitable. Be a lover of strangers with brotherly affection for the unknown guests, the foreigners, the poor, and all those who come your way who are Christ's body. And in each instance, do it ungrudgingly, cordially and gracious, without complaining, but as representing him. So let's put this verse into practice. Somebody comes to you and needs help with something. And you have the ability and the strength and the wherewithal to help them. All of a sudden you're like, well, I don't know why they called me. Don't you know how busy I am and i got all this going on. And I just don't know why these people call me and need me to do this and that. Nah, 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 nah. Now. We don't need to get in the habit of people pleasing. So I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about just being good to other people. And living to make God look good. And helping those who we have the ability to help. When someone comes to us and we have the ability. It doesn't do good to do it mad. Remember we've been talking about for months and months and months. God doesn't want you to live for him out of obligation. He wants you to live for him because you want to. And God doesn't want you to help other people out of obligation. He wants you to help them because you want to and you know it's his will to. So when people come to us and we have the ability and we have the time and we have the space, we have the finances or we have an extra coat in our closet and somebody needs it. When we help, be excited about it. Be joyful about it. Because helping with a grudge doesn't do anything. Doesn't do anything. All it does is you just grudgingly gave something or grudgingly did something. It's our heart that matters. We need to do it with a joyful heart. Let's look at Numbers 1. You know, the children of Israel, if you want to see what happens when the people of God complain, study those children of Israel. They, they, had it. they did some complaining in that old wilderness. Let's see what happened to them in Numbers chapter 11. These people grumbled. 
and deplored their hardship. So they were out in the wilderness by this point, and they were out in the desert complaining. And notice it says, which was evil in the ears of the Lord. And when the Lord heard it, his anger was kindled. And the fire of the Lord burned among them and devoured those in the outlying parts of the camp. Now, I'm not going to say in the day that we live in that all of a sudden, if you complain, a puff of fire is going to come down and consume you. God can do what he wants to, though. I won't put anything beyond the realm of God, but thank God for his grace and mercy and forgiveness when we ask for it. So there were some consequences for this complaining. The people cried out to Moses, and when Moses prayed to the Lord, the fire subsided. And he called the place the burning, because the fire of the Lord burned among them. And the mixed multitude among them wept. And, or not that, I skipped the line. They, um, they began to lust greatly for familiar dainty food, and the Israelites wept. And said, who will give us meat to eat? Now remember, the Israelites were living on manna. How would you like to open up your door this every, every morning and there would be some manna out there, some food for the day? You didn't have to go to Walmart. You didn't have to go down to Piggly Wiggly. You didn't have to go, or it's cash savers now. You didn't have to go save a lot. You didn't have to call and have it delivered. You didn't have to get out your debit card and swipe nothing. You just opened up the door. It's like, and then food was just there. That sounds like a pretty good deal to me. But it wasn't what they remembered having in Egypt. They were always trying to get leeks and garlic and meat, and they were tired of all the food that just randomly appeared in front of their door. God was providing for them, but they didn't like what God was doing. And so they began to get a little feisty. They began to lust greatly for familiar dainty food. And they wept and said, Who is going to give us meat to eat? Remember the fish we ate in Egypt? Do you remember you were a slave in Egypt? Do you remember you had to make bricks all day in Egypt? Do you remember they killed all your firstborn in it? All the men in Egypt? They went around killing all the baby boys? They went around killing and, and taking and, and whipping you and beating you. And you want to talk about you want some fish. <sighs> Poor little Israelite children. But that's how we do too. God provides and it's not how we... Well, we just need this now. Well, but we didn't think it was going to be like that. We wanted it this way. God never said it was going to be Burger King. Don't you remember that fish we ate in Egypt without cost? Yeah, it cost you something, your labor. The cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. But now our soul and our strength are dried up. They have food. They just didn't like what they had. They wanted something different. They wanted what they thought was better. 
but they don't remember the bondage that went with that fish. They don't remember the bondage that went with the leeks and the garlic. They just remember the fish. They don't remember the pain and suffering and slavery that they went through during that time. And that's how we get sometimes. Things look good on the outside. We're doing everything we know to do is right. And we're like, but I remember when, you know, it was like that and that was good. But we don't remember all the bondage that went along with being in the world. Now our soul and our strength is dried up. There's nothing at all but this manna. They're like, have you... I do this all the time. I still do this. I'll walk to the fridge, open it up. It's full. And I'll say, we don't have anything to eat. What I really mean is, there's nothing in there at the moment that I desire or that I want to cook up. And they were doing the same thing. They opened up their tent door. Nothing here but manna, 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 manna. Here we go again with the manna. The manna was uh, was like a, they gathered it every day um, and ground it or beat it in mortars. They boiled it in pots. They made cake of it, and it tasted like cakes baked with fresh oil. And the dew fell on the camp in the night, and the manna fell with it. Dominoes didn't have nothing on the Lord. And Moses heard the people weeping throughout their families, and every man at the door of his tent. Probably because every woman was like, i got to make this manna again. Men, y'all should have resoundingly amened right there. That was your one chance. So they were weeping over not having the food that they liked. They had food. It came to their door every day. All they had to do was walk out and gather it up. But it wasn't like they wanted. And so, Moses heard the people weeping, and every man at the door of his tent, and the anger of the Lord blazed hotly, and and in the eyes of Moses it was evil. And Moses said to the Lord, Why have you dealt ill with your servants? And why have I not found favor in your sight, that you lay the burden of all these people on me? Have I conceived all these people? Have I brought them forth? And you tell me, have I nursed them and, and carried them? to the lamb which their father swore them, where should I get meat to give all these people? For they weep before me and say, give us meat that we may eat. I'm not able to carry these people alone because the burden's too heavy. So it got to the point where they were all, oh, give us meat, give us meat, give us meat. It's like your kids when they come to you. I want that toy, I want that toy, I want that toy, I want that toy, I want that toy. And you're like, be quiet. Not right now. And so Moses has had it up to here. And then he starts complaining to the Lord. Remember, if we hang around that complaining environment, it gets on the inside of us and then we start complaining too. He said... 
If this is the way you deal with me, kill me now. I pray you at once. This is all over some manna, y'all. And when we complain and when we talk about how bad we have it, in the big scheme of life, is it really as much more than manna? God will see us through if we are willing to go through. But we've got to be willing to go through for God to see us through to the other side. If you want to get through, you've got to go through. If you want God to see you through, you've got to walk through it. The Lord said to Moses, Gather me seventy men, the elders from Israel, and officers over them, and bring them to me at the tent of meeting, and let them stand there with you, and I will come down and talk with you there. That's the equivalent of God saying, Go to your room, and we will have this discussion in a minute. Let me gather myself. And I will take the spirit which is upon you and put it on them and they will bear the burden of the people with you so you may not have to bear it yourself alone. And they say to the people, Consecrate yourself for tomorrow, for tomorrow you shall eat meat. For you have wept in the hearing of the Lord, saying, Who will give us meat? For it is well with us in Egypt. Therefore the Lord will give you meat and you shall eat it. You shall eat it not one day or two or five or ten or twenty, but a whole month until you're satisfied and vomited up violently. And it comes out your nostrils and is disgusting to you because you have rejected and despised the Lord who is among you and have wept before him saying, Why did we come out of Egypt? So there was consequences for their complaining. Oh, they got their meat. Huh. But there were consequences for their murmuring and their complaining. And you and I will suffer consequences for our murmuring and complaining. We will be in the mess a lot longer than is necessary. Not even 11 chapters later in Numbers 21. Here they go again. Numbers is full of opportunities of the Israelites to stand fast in their faith. And they chose not to many of the times. And every single time there were consequences for it. Numbers 21, 4 through 9. They journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around to the land of Edom. And the people became impatient and depressed and much discouraged because of the trials of the way. So they were getting tired of going around that mountain. Now, you know why they were going around that mountain? Because they didn't have faith enough to believe that they could go into the promised land. Because they could have already been there. But because they thought that they looked like grasshoppers and the people in the promised land looked like giants, they didn't have faith to believe, except for uh, Joshua and Caleb. Those were the only two that believed that they could go through. And so they were out here wandering for 40 years because they would not stand fast in their faith and believe that they could have what God had told them and that they would be able to win in that war. So they're journeying and they're impatient and they're depressed and discouraged because of the trials of the way. And you know, that's how our life is. We go through stuff. 
We all got issues. We all have things that we're going through. But how we handle them when we go through is the difference between whining, going to a warrior, and then causing winning. It's how we go through it. It's how we address the situations when they arrive. Whining is not the way to winning. It never has been, and it never will be. They became impatient and depressed and discouraged because of the trials. And the people spoke against God and against Moses and said, Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There's no bread. There's no water. We loathe this light. And we loathe this light manna. Again, they're complaining about their food. Listen, if you read about the story of the children of Israel, they were 40 years in the wilderness and their shoes did not wear out. Their clothes didn't wear out. Food was at their doorstep every day. Here we go with this manna again. Gotta eat manna again. I'm tired of wearing these same shoes. I wish I had some prettier shoes than this shoe. God is calling us to stand fast in our faith, to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, to not complain when he provides, but to take it and walk out what he has given us. The people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us out in the land of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There's no bread, there's no water, and we loathe this manna. Then the Lord sent fiery burning serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and many of the Israelites died. And the people came to Moses and said, Oh, we have sinned. We have spoken against the Lord. It took a snake bite for them to realize that they had sinned. I don't, I, Lord, help me if I ever need a snake bite to realize that I have sinned. I'm scared of those snakes. We have sinned. We have spoken against the Lord. We have spoken against you. Pray to the Lord that he may take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people, and the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent of bronze, and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, he shall live. And Moses made a serpent of bronze, and put it on a pole, and if a serpent had had bitten any man, when he looked at the serpent of bronze... Attentively, expectantly, with steady, absorbing gaze, he lived. So there were consequences for their behavior. They were wandering around, impatient, depressed, and discouraged, and saying, why have we been delivered out of bondage just to walk around in these same sandals and eat manna every day? It's terrible. God was providing for them left and right, but they could not see it because it wasn't how they wanted it. It wasn't how they thought it should be. And if you and I look at our lives and we sit down and think about how God is providing left and right for us, it may may not be exactly how we think it should look. 
It may not be exactly how we thought it was going to happen, but when we walk in the commands of God, He will provide. He will stand with us. He will go with us. And yes, we will have to walk through some difficult circumstances. Most of the time, though, these circumstances are by our own hand and our own doing. But we blame God and we blame everybody else. If she wouldn't have said that to me, I just wouldn't have lost it. If you go around losing it so much, you won't have any left. God has called us to stand fast. To not be whiners, but to warrior through life and be a winner. We are going to have to face some battles, and we'll get into that next week. We are going to have to stand our ground when times are tough. We are going to have to go through some unpleasant things. But if we will walk through them with God, He will provide. Their shoes didn't wear out. They got water from a rock a few times. Their clothes didn't even look worn out. Mom always likes to say, and now I say it too, because I'm I'm getting to the point where I can say that since I'm 33-ish. And I'm, no, I'm 33. But mom says that she's got some children of Israel clothes. She has some clothes from before I was born. And I'm 33. And she's still wearing them, and they still look like they came off the rack. I mean, God was providing for them. Manna on their front door, but oh no, can't be having this manna every day. I mean, it's like a fresh loaf of cornbread showed up at your door every morning. It really wasn't cornbread, y'all, but we're in the South. Just because it's not provision like you think it should be and like I think it should be doesn't mean that God's not providing. It just doesn't look like how we want it to look like. And we're so worried about how it looks. We need to be worried about how we look to Him. Not how it looks to others. It don't matter how it looks to others as long as we are right with how it looks to Him. Lamentations 3, 38 through 40. It is not out of the mouth of the Most High that evil and good both proceed. Adversity and prosperity, physical evil and misfortune and physical guru happiness. Why does a living man sigh? And why does a man complain for the punishment of his sins? Let us test and examine our ways and let us return to the Lord. So I encourage you. If you have times in life where you go through murmuring and complaining and whining about things, return to the Lord. Repent for it. Ask God to give you a fresh mindset. We renew our mind with the Word of God. We get that warrior mentality like we're going to talk about next week that produces winning by the Word of God. And so allow the Word of God to dwell in your heart and your mind richly. Allow it to invade your life and to change you and to move you from whining to warrioring, which will cause winning. God wants that for your life.
but you won't get to the winning by whining. Let's stand. God, help us to be winners and warriors and not whiners. Thank you for joining us today. We would love to hear from you. You can write to us at Post Office Box 1004. That's P.O. Box 1004, Monticello, Arkansas, 71657. Or you can email us at lci.monticello at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. You can also check out our website. It's www.getlife.co. That's www.getlife.co. There you can find Pastor Kelly and Pastor Josh's sermon notes, and you can see what's going on all through the week at Life Church. We would love to have you in one of our services with us. Join us Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. for our worship service. Pastor Kelly ministers, and it's a great time in the presence of God. Or you can join us for Digging Deep on Tuesday nights at 6.30 p.m. Pastor Josh digs into the Word of God, connecting the Old Testament with the New Testament and giving us a fresh biblical perspective from God's point of view. We hope that you have a great week this week. Remember, go live to make God look good. God bless you till we're with you again.